0: Make Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind, bubblegum, lollipops, fun size candy bars. Get this Halloween record sounds to make you shiver just $1.89 make halloween fun and easy make just one stop at woolworth or woolco
1: hello and welcome to fw presents the anthology series of the fire and water podcast network i'm your host chris franklin and today i am joined by a fellow graphic designer and author who has recently written and published two books right up the nostalgia alley of our network and that is mr jason young hey jason how's it going
2: it's going awesome chris thanks for having me on the podcast really appreciate it uh full disclosure right off the bat though I've never listened to a podcast in my life until I was invited to your show so my plan was to listen to one or two of yours kind of get the idea and I'm hooked I listened to your Super Friend Movie Minutes your, your your Superman Movie Minutes Super Friends Power Records all the same stuff I like so thanks for that I'm hooked on podcasts
1: Oh well great it's nice to you know one of us one of us yeah it's nice it's nice to nice to grab you and pull you in screaming <laughs> yeah uh, w- w- well, uh, you know, you have pulled me in screaming on these books. Uh, so that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Cause you are here to discuss two subjects that you felt so strongly about. You just had to self publish your own books about them. And these books are the wonderful artwork of wax wrappers and an old school Halloween. So Jason, what made you make the leap? to writing and self-publishing your own books?
2: Honestly, Chris, a combination of a few things, I guess. It's before COVID hit last year, I was always on the run. So I was basketball and games with my three kids or whatever. Suddenly I'm stuck at home with nothing to do. And uh, so the pace of my weekend slowed down. I needed to get myself a project. And for me, my go-to place to relax is graphic design. So uh, I'm self-taught in Photoshop and Illustrator just by giving myself silly little projects to muddle through. So I guess at the same time this was happening, I was smack dab in the middle of a, I guess you'd call it a phase, so where I was buying these old wax wrappers, spending time hunting them down, admiring the ones that are too expensive to buy, and it, it kind of struck me. For the ones I'm never going to own, uh, really, I just want to see the artwork. So I started gathering these images and started working on a book uh, for a hobby. Snowballed from there. I was probably 80% done before I actually decided this was a book I was going to publish and sell.
1: Oh, wow. That's that, yeah. that,
2: that's really cool. Yeah.
1: So from a just a, a DIY project to, to an yeah. actual yeah, book. Yeah,
2: yeah. Honest, honestly, Chris, I, I have two brothers, and I'd say 90% of the projects I do in Photoshop and Illustrator, they're the only audience. I just send it to them and say, hey, guys, you think this is cool? And that's it. That's the end of it. And then I move on to another one. So it was going to be one of those. And then I just said, hey, this looks like a real book. I should kind of pursue it. So here we
1: are. Nice. Very nice. Uh, so uh, what was it about wax wrappers specifically that appealed, appealed to you enough to collect them, obsess about them, and then write a book about them and design a book about them?
2: I think it happened when uh, we, we were doing some renovations where I was moving my man cave, which is called the Fortress of Daddyhood, by the way. <laughs> uh, my son named it. Anyway, we were, we were moving rooms of my man cave, and I came across some of the old wrappers I had as a kid and thought as I was decorating the room, it would be cool to you know, frame them on the wall. So I went, picked up a frame, I hung Superman and Happy Days in Greece up on the wall. The artwork for me just sparked a ton of memories. Back when my brothers and I would collect these from McQuinn's Pharmacy or Wilkie's Comics, and so I started framing a few more, Battlestar Galactica and Rocky and Elvis, and escalated from there to kind of swooping a few of them up online, and bam, it was a collection. So... And when we were kids, Chris, like we just tore these off and threw them in the garbage. We just wanted the gum, right? That's all we wanted. We just <laughs> tossed these. So looking at them now, the wrappers the bring back more memories for me than the cards actually do. Like those were the images as the, at the point of purchase. Those are the memories I have as a kid that seeing that box with the packs and saying, wow, look at that. they Vader!" And I had to buy them. It wasn't the actual cards. It was the wrappers for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, they, you know, sitting on the counter, and I've talked about my, the place I bought most of my comics and, and a lot of the rack toys, you know, br- talking about our, our, buddy Brian Heiler, a lot of the rack yeah. toys, uh, was, uh, Eastside Pharmacy, which is literally right up the street from where I grew up, where my dad still lives. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was this one counter that always had, had the baseball cards, had the Star Wars yeah. cards, whatever the movie was. And there, there was like, I think like, a stack of uh uh, four stacks in the box it seems like maybe six four six but i just remember them you know being there and you just you know grab out of there that's in that tactile feel of that waxy that waxy wrap and
2: as a kid what was better right what was better you got an allowance or you're out with your mom and dad and you pick up a few packs of cards and you're you're carrying them around waiting to go home to open them up and yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that,
2: that's where the. But I mean, it's all about at our age, it's all about the nostalgia buttons, right? You want to hit those buttons, and that that to me, that's what I think back to. It's not the specific cards. It's it's holding those unopened packs and wondering wondering if you're going to get that card you wanted, or what's the sticker
1: in this one, right? It's, right, right. So I know there's there's you know websites, there's books about the cards, but I I'm, I'm guessing you felt like there was a void in the discussion about the packaging, right? Is that, is that one thing? That a- ma- Absolutely.
2: I, I was looking online for info on these wrappers, and it was pretty clear to me, that, to your point, there's a ton of content on non-sports trading cards. I couldn't find hardly a thing on the wrappers themselves. So to me that that's kind of where I, something clicked and I said, I see an opportunity here. There's not a lot. And, and I'm not the only guy that collects these, which was a little bit of a surprise as well. But, uh, Sometimes you, you have a, you know, nobody collects just the wrappers. We just turf them, but yeah, yeah, they do. So I saw the opportunity there for sure.
1: Nice. nice So uh, how did you start your wax wrapper collection? Did you have to buy unopened packs or did you find folks who actually save them, save just the wrappers? I mean, uh, or was it a combo?
2: Well, like I, like I say, there's a lot of folks that collect these wrappers like me. In fact, I'd say I was late to the party, so okay. i've uh the ones I bought over the last year or so I'd say were mainly just the wrappers themselves. The later ones, like the late eighties or early nineties, like Batman Returns or Robocop, I bought the packs. they don't hold the same value as much as the older ones, but the majority of the old ones I bought were were
1: just the wrappers, okay, okay. Now, I know what your favorite wax wrapper is, and I hardly approve, <laughs> but could you share it with the audience uh here?
2: Absolutely. Uh, so, without a doubt, for me, 1978 Superman the movie wrapper stands head and shoulders above the rest. I'm a huge Superman guy, Chris. Love all the Christopher Reeve movies. Grew up, still a big Superman guy. In fact, my my birthday was last week. My brother got me a Superman sweater. Uh, nice. Tons of childhood memories with this particular card series too. Like this is this is the one I remember being really psyched about getting. Like you love getting cards as kids, but this one was the must have. Like I have to have this one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I felt the same way. There's something about that just that image of Christopher Reeve and and even with the somewhat limited printing of the the wax wrapper, you could tell it wasn't just Superman, it was Christopher Reeve as Superman. Right I mean they, they didn't go generic. Uh it's very much him with hands on hips on the front and it's it's just it's just beautiful. Uh, so I, I was very happy when I got the book. I'm like, oh, that's his favorite. All right. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. And we, we even had a tradition in our house, Chris, where last day of summer vacation before we started the school year, we were all kind of moping around the house because all oh, summer vacations over. But our tradition was always we'd sit down as a family and rewatch Superman, Two. And still to this day, that's my all time favorite movie, Superman, Two, General Zod. That's but that was our tradition. So. What a great
1: tradition. Big.
2: Very big in my house, Superman.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's great. I love that. That, I mean, that's a, that's a lovely, that's a lovely family tradition. That, that's great. That's, that's my favorite. Like I said, uh, that's not just because I co-host Superman Movie Minute with Rob Kelly here on the network, but, uh, so, mm-hmm. so that, that's your favorite, but what are some of your other favorites? Can you give us a top five of your favorite wax wrappers? Sure. So
2: actually, my friends over at 13th Dimension uh, listed my personal top picks back in, I think, September. So the top five, obviously, Superman's number one, guaranteed. Number two is going to be Happy Days. Favorite show of all time, favorite TV show, big Fonzie fan. Uh, Three would probably be Empire Strikes Back, specifically the one with the Darth Vader head and the blue background, because that's the one I remember buying a bunch of them at McQuinn's Pharmacy as a kid. Okay. Number four, I'd say Jaws 2. Uh, I distinctly, and it's all about the memories, I distinctly remember the sticker in Jaws 2, of, I think it was the sunset, and it, it was stuck on my bunk bed. For, like, my entire childhood was that Jaws sticker stuck on my bunk bed. <laughs> and my mom was mad, I stuck it on. What are you putting stickers on the bed for? You're going to ruin it. But it was, <laughs> uh, it, it was there, right up until we got rid of it, it was there. And uh, number five, I'll say Battlestar Galactica, because, again sparks a memory of my two brothers putting the puzzle together of the Cylons getting off the ship and then taping the card, like taping the cards together to make that poster and hanging it on the wall. That's yeah, that'd be my top five, I'd say.
1: Oh, that's a really cool idea. You know, I never even thought about tape, taping the cards together and then just, and making a poster out of it. I just, I, I assembled them and then you put it together and then you just like take them apart, just like a Yeah, and then take
2: them apart again. But yeah, yeah.
1: that's a good idea. That's, a, that's, that's really sweet. You're talking about the sticker. I, I shared this recently on, uh, I think, uh, I, I hope this episode's out for, uh, for all mankind super friends podcast, but, um, I got a few, I'm famously missed out on seeing Star Wars in the theater and that's that's my cross to bear for all time. But uh um I did get some of the the you know tra- the trading cards and I for some reason decided to take a sticker from the Star Wars cards and stick it on my sister's old Woodstock and Snoopy lunchbox. Uh nice. and, and I still have that lunchbox around here. It's full of Colorforms pieces now. Uh, nice. <laughs> and nice. the sticker on that is uh, Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin, and I never knew <laughs> back then that I would be such a huge Peter Cushing fan. Especially because of the Hammer films, that you know he's yep. he's one of my favorite actors. I love anything anything Peter Cushing's in. I'm interested in watching. And,
2: and you're aware Amigo's coming out with a, a Hammer Peter Cushing figure, right?
1: Oh yeah, I've got that sucker ordered right now. Yep. Okay. I saw the, the pictures of it the other day. Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. Oh yeah, there's going
2: <laughs> to be some Grand Moff Turkin uh, customs, I think, coming soon.
1: Yep, yep, between him and. Uh, I guess they're making him as Baron Frankenstein too. So, uh, it's, yes, it's, 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 just a Peter Cushing love fest. I I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, back to wax wrappers. Are there any, are there any wax pack designs that you like better than the property itself? Like great package design, but you're kind of eh, on the TV show or the film.
2: That's an awesome question. Uh, I think my brothers will kill me for this one, but because they love the Brady Bunch, I can't stand the show. And uh, the wax wrapper is really cool. I really like the wax wrapper. Don't like the show. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. I'll get hate mail for that probably, but Saturday Night Fever. I, I really like the wrapper, and I actually bought the cards a bit as a kid too, and I've never even seen the movie, I and mean, don't intend to see the movie. But oh wow, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the card. It's, it's I like the wrapper and the cards. But uh,
1: yeah, I'd say that. Did they, I, I can't remember, uh, did they, did they make welcome back, Cotter, uh, cards too? Are oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, okay. that's, I thought that probably
2: would have been number six on my, on my top 10.
1: I thought I remember seeing it in the book. Uh, so John Travolta was all over trading cards back in the 70s. Oh yeah.
2: He was, he was the man.
1: That's <laughs> <was> the man. <laughs> so what has, you, you talked about there were some that you think you thought you might never own what have been some of the most difficult rappers to find that you'd like to have in your collection?
2: Well, before I answer that, I, I wanted to say, you asked me about my, the ones I liked the flip side of that. The ones that really bugged me were uh, Superman. The movie by far is the best rapper in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's always bugged me. Superman two and three were so lame. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just the symbol and that's it. Like they, they totally cheaped out. They went from the best, this cheap lame wrapper anyway that's i just had to get that off my chest chris
1: <laughs> no no that's fine i mean if, me. if there's any other ones that you don't like you go ahead and list them too that's fine <laughs> yeah, this,
2: is, this is counseling for me i need to lay him down on a sofa here for the listeners Yeah, getting this yeah. off my chest yeah but the, the ones that are difficult to find uh i think that's what's great about the book is i don't necessarily need to track them down like i'm I'm looking for a place to admire this old artwork and hit those nostalgia buttons that we mentioned. like I don't need to drop 20 bucks on a wrapper from the 1960s. I just need to pick the book up and flip through and that's that's the I get my fix right looking at the old wrappers
1: yeah right and and you know that's, and that's what...
2: kind of the intent that's kind of the intent of the book too is it's it's saving money too You're, You can still see the rappers without having to buy them all.
1: Right. Well that's true too. And I mean you one thing I will say about this book is it the colors in this and your second book which we'll get it into, they're so vibrant. I mean it's 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 almost even though the pages aren't wax, it's almost like you somehow if you told me that yeah, the pages are actually made of wax, I'd believe it. If if I didn't like feel <laughs> it. You know, because they I mean the colors are just they're the exact same vibrant bleeding, just you know, oversaturated color that uh, I
2: appreciate you saying that Chris, because one of my concerns with that book particularly was to capture that look is it's, you're going from wax paper to regular paper and it's Yeah. That translation between papers, is it still going to give you that same look and feel as, as you see if you hold one and yeah. So that makes me happy hearing you say that.
1: Oh yeah. And as, as, you know, as a graphic designer who is, you know, sent a lot of stuff to printers to get printed i have you know i've been overjoyed at how things have turned out and i have been just crushed how things have turned out over the years uh that the color didn't translate into the from the design to the to the printed page uh but uh yeah you totally nailed the look and feel of uh of the wax wrapper so so thank you great, I appreciate great, saying that great job uh so now through looking through most of the book assuming on my own the majority of the wrappers seem to be from T.O.P.S., but there are other companies whose products, who made the the cards as well. Are there any of those that uh, stand out for you, like the other manufacturers?
2: Uh, well, Donruss is a lesser-known one, but they had some really cool cards. They did Six Million Dollar Man. They did Dukes of Hazzard in the 80s. Uh, Monty Gum Company had these Elvis cards. I don't remember those. They're in the book, but it's uh, – they they were big in my house. We had them actually tacked on the wall in the rec room as kids because we're all big Elvis fans. But uh, where I'm Canadian, Chris, we had more OPG than tops. Okay. Virtually everything we bought was OPG. So and and I don't know if you're familiar with OPG, but they're they're basically the exact same cards, but they have English and French on them, and there's some slight variations. So I actually have an OPG uh, Star Wars card from 1977 where they call him Ken Kenobi instead of Ben Kenobi. Oh. Yeah, it's a typo. And uh, anyway, a wow. couple, couple of interesting facts on the OPG side. So Happy Days cards, I'm trying, and this is like within the last probably seven years, I'm trying to fill my set of Happy Days cards. So I find a website that sells these cards. I'm ordering the ones I'm missing. So I'm ordering like 44, 27, whatever, and I uh, figure it wouldn't matter. They're, they're tops, they're OPG, I don't care. I just want to fill the set. Turns out, They're the same cards. They look the same, but they're in a different order, different number order. So I now have doubles of Happy Days cards, like number 27 and 44 are the exact same card. One's OPG, one's top. So same card series, different order numbers. Oh, madness. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and and the other really cool thing, and I literally, I'm embarrassed to say this, I only found out like within the last couple of years, but Superman the movie, series two. the OPG kept the white border. Yeah. And Tops has a red border for series 2. Right. Same same cards, same order this time, same cards, but it's cool because one's one the OPG ones I actually like better cuz they fit with the series 1 series 2. It's the same white border. But Tops has this bright red border.
1: Oh, wow. I'd kind of like to have those because that would look nicer in my binder, you know, of, yeah, of Superman, exactly. Superman, the movie cards. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was kind of, you know, that was one thing about tops when they would switch to like the different uh the different series and they change things up. I never I never understood that. I guess somebody somebody along the way just. They really had, to, you know, somebody at tops was just a real stickler of like, no, it's a different series. It has to look different. You know, they're, well, they're, it's
2: a, it comes in handy sometimes like what Star Wars in 77 had like, what, 25 different series or something. They, they had a bunch. Yeah. So, you know, the blue one is from a collector perspective, you know, the blue one series one and then there's the green ones and then there's the orange ones. You can almost collect them separately. Right. Yeah. OK, I got the blue ones knocked off. Now I got to move on to the orange ones and.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it, but it's like when you're looking at them aesthetically as a whole series, sometimes it's Yeah. Called, oh, yeah. That's... You
2: know, it's a hard stop in another series.
1: Right. 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 It doesn't blend. <laughs> Were there any card series that you came across collecting that made you think, I can't believe they made this?
2: <laughs> well, when I was going through, uh, growing pains made me laugh all loud. Like, I cannot imagine growing pains flying off the shelf. Can you imagine? But, <laughs> For me, going through and doing this book, what stood out to me was the ones that they never got made. So, how how did Superman 4 never get a card series? Mm. Like we did 1, 2 and 3 and they didn't do 4. How did like they did Rocky 2 and Rocky 4 and they skipped 3. They skipped freaking Clubber Lang and Thunderlips. Like how did that happen? Yeah. That's what stuck out to me was the ones that never got made. So, and I think a gentleman online a couple of years ago did a series of Superman 4, like custom cards. Yeah. And they're really well done. So someday I'm going to look them up and buy that set.
1: Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that is. I mean, the only thing I can figure is, I don't know, canon. Maybe that's why there wasn't a Superman. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's because it the franchise was kind of done at that point. But, Dolan Globus but, production, yeah. A Rocky it, three. Like, come on! Yeah, Rocky Three makes absolutely no sense, especially. And Rocky
2: Three I mean, was like, from a kid perspective, Rocky Three was the biggest one. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, Mr. Yeah. T and Hulk Hogan in the eighties were a license to print money, you know. And on top of Rocky, right? So, I mean, yeah. And they
2: did A Team, they did WWF, so yeah, there right. was no like, no excuse, no right. excuse.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I saw the when I saw the Growing Pains one in your book, I'm like. Was, I mean, was there a Mr. Belvedere card series? I mean, come on. I mean, that's. Funky Brewster cards. Funky, yeah. Funky Brewster. I could, and she's a kid. You know, I kind of see it a little bit, but it's yeah. like, uh, Growing Pains is just so, I mean, they yeah, there were kids on there, but it's like, I mean, you know, I mean, I watched Growing Pains when I was a kid, but it's like, I just, yeah, but you
2: don't want to collect her cards. Yeah. You don't want to, ooh, I got a Maggie Siever sticker.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: uh yeah it's like i mean, i had a crush on tracy gold but i don't know if i want her trading card you know i mean it's come on <laughs> <I know>. uh <laughs> uh so what is the last wax pack you have before it seemed like in the 90s all the companies switched to those foil wrappers yeah. what's kind of the last the last stand of the wax wrapper i
2: think it is robocop 2 for me it is that's the last one i have is robocop 2 and again no robocop 1 where's robocop 1 Anyway, no <laughs> I really appreciate this free counseling you're giving me here, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, the Robo- Robocop two. So I think Robocop two is nineteen ninety. That was kind of it. And then those ugly foil wrappers that I'm not a fan of and the fancy hologram cards kind of took over. The stickers and the bubblegum were out the door. Cards weren't for they were collectors now. They weren't, you know, kids trading in the schoolyard and sticking the cards in the spokes of their bike wheel anymore. So
1: Yeah. That was kind of it. Yeah, I remember like when Batman Returns came out, there was like a standard series and like a collector series. And I'm like, why did they do two two different series of the same movie? You know, I just I didn't. Yeah. I think there was Batman Returns. It might have been Batman Forever. It was one of the Batman films. But yeah, at at uh, at that point, it was it was just kind of like, oh, man, you know, and and
2: I, it, I re- it was that switch. It was that switch between kids and collectors.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, the, the Batman, the Batman 89 had the wax rap wrappers with the, which I, I, I really like the Batman one because that's, that's straight off, a uh, Jerry Ordway, um, uh, style guide design he did for Michael Keaton as Batman. That's so that's that, right. That's that, right. <laughs> I love that one. But, uh, so like literally in the, in the, uh, in the three years between, uh, the Batman, uh, 89 and then Batman, returns in batman the animated series that they switch to the foil and it just yeah it's uh it's it's uh it's sad you
2: can't display them you can't display the foil or i don't know you probably could but they don't display as nice like you couldn't nobody's framing the foil ones and then you got to usually either rip them apart or cut them with scissors do open them up and
1: and there's no gum where's the gum right right yeah, I'm it's, just, yeah it's another thing it's something that Brian Heiler and I have talked a lot about over the over the years is the um the artwork the artwork is no longer original. It's uh it's style guide art on the foil. You know, it's either yeah. photographs or or style guide art. Uh there's not somebody at tops like redrawing um uh, Sylvester mm. Stallone, you know yeah. <laughs> drawing a, yeah. a portrait of Sylvester Stallone
2: if you look close at Rocky Two and Rocky Four rappers. You can tell they they just redrew it.
1: Yeah, I, I noticed that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's
1: cool. I, I thought, it, yeah, they even took it, and so it looked like a, you know. And I, I love the thing you put in the book about how they would place um, Rocky and Ivan Drago in the in the box together, look like they're like getting ready to actually punch each other. Yes, that that's yeah. that's, that's that's nice. It's good marketing, you know. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, and when you go to buy the wrappers, when I mean, like when I bought those cards as a kid, I purposely did rocky drago rock like if i got four packs it'd be rocky drago rocky drago like you you wouldn't want to mess it up right you wouldn't right. want you try to keep that comic box nice and level for the next person that comes behind you
1: right yeah <laughs> that's a question did you have um do you have any of the boxes that the that the cards um uh, came in did you have do you have, No, what?
2: no the only box my brother has the uh elvis one okay uh, one of my brothers is a huge elvis guy and uh Yeah, he has that that really cool black Elvis box, but that's the only one we have. I'd love to have them. I just, yeah, I don't need to start another collection.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, I understand. I I had a few of the, um, like the 90s, later 90s ones that had the foil wrappers. I had a few of those boxes, but I actually, unfortunately, recently discovered that I did not store them properly in a building. And, uh, yeah, I had to throw Oh, throw them away like things like i think there was a batman forever box and stuff like yeah. that and it's one of those cases where you move you move and you forget what's in what box and yeah, yeah. and stuff gets in the wrong so, stuff goes out in the outbuilding that you know has leaks and <laughs> critters and- something
2: sometimes you get the good news story though like when i moved i was moving rooms like i mentioned earlier and i was going through some old boxes and i actually found a ziploc bag full of uh, you'll appreciate this the old superpowers toys so i had like joker's hammer arrows from the green arrow stuck in there like penguin's umbrella like all the little things that you would have lost i had the sense as a kid to throw them in a ziploc bag and say i'm gonna lose these but yeah i just found them all i'm like went on ebay and i think like the green arrow little arrow sold for like 30 bucks and i'm like i didn't even know i had it just (laughs) sitting in a bag somewhere i should probably help somebody out
1: (laughs) that's wonderful yeah i i I am, there have been a few things over the years that I have, I I have marveled at how did that survive all these, all these years. But I didn't have the forethought to put them in a little Ziploc bag like you did. And, and it brings me back to every time I bought a, especially a GI Joe, real American hero figure. And I would want to open it as soon as we got out to the car. My mom would be like, don't open it in the car. You'll lose all the guns, you know, yeah, lose the guns. That's great. <laughs> and I did, uh, you know, so it there was probably yeah. like an arsenal of many three and three quarter inch guns, uh, scaled guns lost in a, the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme we had, you know, <laughs> somewhere in the carpet That's of that awesome. car is, uh, you know, underneath the seats is, uh, you know, all these different GI Joe weapons and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> So is there anything else you want to share about wax wrappers and your book before we move on to your second book?
2: Well, um, I've, I've done a few runs of this book now. So the first run I grossly underestimated. It sold out in a week. I think I'm on my fourth run now. Not actually sure. Anyway, I got pretty limited quantities left of this book. And once they're gone, I don't, I honestly don't know if I'm going to bother doing another run because I've done three, four whatever. Uh, Uh, But I will just say, with my second book we're about to talk about, I'm also offering a special bundle that you can get both books together if you've missed out and uh, at a discounted price.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I know I missed out like the first run. And I like messaged you and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm out. And I'm like, holy cow, it was like two days ago or something. Yeah, it went
2: fast. Well, that was,
1: (laughs) it sounds really impressive,
2: but it was a small run. (laughs) And it was like 150 books. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to send 150 books. And poof, it was gone like four days, like, well, I guess I'm doing another run. And then I did a little bit more and sold those and did a little bit more and sold and they're still selling. So it's, yeah, it's done a lot better than I had, I had anticipated
1: well, that's great. You know, you did miss a trick, though. You could have changed the, the colored band on the front. Uh, it's red on the, you know, the first one, and you could have changed it to blue, and then to green. Series two, series, series two, three, there, there you three. go. <laughs> that's great. Right. And then there'd be people like, I've got to have all four colors. Yeah, i got to have the
2: exact same book with a different color. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, like I said before, I, I think this book is gorgeous. I mean, the photos in it are, there's some super close-ups of the artwork, uh of the packs. I mean, they take up the whole page in some cases. It, it's, it's just a really, it's a really well-designed book. And I, and I really appreciate that. I mean, that's, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love any kind of collector book, any kind of book that shows me that, like you said, brings you that nostalgia that, uh, that, that, that takes you back to that moment that when you saw these items on the shelf or you held it in your hand, but you know, there, when a book is really well-designed like this, it gives you that extra, I mean, it, it, be, it literally becomes like an art book. That's what this, this feels like. I mean, this, this shows that this is you, that you call it the wonderful artwork of wax wrappers. And it is like a, it is like in, a, in its own way, an art book. And I, I really do appreciate uh, the fact that uh, that you took such care in designing the book. It wasn't just like, here's like four wrappers on a page, each page it, it's, you know, you, you, you jump around like, uh, you know, this this superhero stickers might take up the whole page but then on the next page there's the star trek uh wrapper and it's slightly tilted it's just really just really well designed and uh each page you can just tell you put a lot of care into it i'm just a i'm just a huge fan gushing all over it so
2: (laughs) i appreciate that chris no that means a lot i appreciate that thank you
1: and listeners it's digest sized and we love our digest here on the fire and water podcast network uh, we have a digest cast, so uh, <laughs> it's a little bit bigger than the DC digest, but it's still a nice, a nice digest size. Which I, I know that's your thing to do, digest. So
2: uh. Uh, that was the intention from the beginning, because the kind of the intention of these books, and it's the same size as the next book. Just the next book's a lot thicker, a lot bigger, a lot thicker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, it's the idea was that it wouldn't take up a lot of space to be like a coffee table book especially you know the the year that the world's been having it's kind of nice to just you know when things you just hear bad news bad news bad news you, you get to just grab this pick it up and have that little moment to you know enjoy your childhood look at some fun pictures
1: Yes, exactly. You, uh, mission accomplished.
0: Everybody's heading for Woolworth and Woolco to get set for Halloween. There's Star Wars costumes like Darth Vader and C3PO. Superheroes like Spider-Man, Wonder Woman and Batman. There's the Shogun Warrior and many more, all at bare-bones prices. Only a dollar ninety seven to three ninety nine, And wrapped candy of every kind to cheer any spirit. All at the favorite Halloween. Queen Hunch,
1: and so, as we record this, you are currently taking orders and shipping your second book. And I we scheduled this uh, podcast without knowing that I would actually receive my copy uh, before we recorded. And I actually did, thank goodness. I mean, that, that was just wonderful. A few days ago, uh, I got it in the mail and I was so excited. Uh, and i've already devoured it and and read it all the way through and looked back over it m- multiple times. so can you tell folks a little more about an old school Halloween?
2: Yes, absolutely be glad to uh this like my first book's very much a visual trip back in time, a lot of images uh, this time we took a look back at the old time Ben Cooper costumes that we grew up with on Halloween so There's also a chapter on the history of Ben Cooper, Inc. There's also a chapter on the unsung hero, Frank Romano, who I interviewed for the book. Uh, Real gentleman, 96 years young. The book features, you know, original artwork, including a really cool wraparound cover designed by a talented artist named Richard Rich. The book also has a chapter on old photo album pictures that people actually submitted from their childhood Halloween's tons of nostalgia in there wax wrapper book for those who have it you know it's it's just about 80 pages or so this sucker is just over 200 pages and it's full color so a lot thicker
1: yes yes i was really impressed i'm like man this is hefty when it came in i made it and i was
2: i was surprised how thick it was i'm like oh my god it's, <laughs> it's like as thick as my thumb
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the equivalent of, uh, it's the, the, uh, the book equivalent of, of me walking through the aisle of the old Ben Franklin where I bought most of my childhood Halloween costumes. Oh. So I could smell the vinyl, you know, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so actually I have to share that story real quick. One, one time I worked, uh, one of my first graphic designer jobs, uh, I worked for a billboard company and they actually had, a uh they actually had a printer that printed on vinyl in in this separate building and uh i would go back there a lot of times and and set the set the file up and i just love to go back there and smell that vinyl it smelled just like the old halloween costume so
2: yeah, that's cool <laughs> funny though i has a certain smile like my kids actually say you're weird dad because if i open up an old comic i'll smell it yeah I love the smell of an old comic book. Call me crazy on it. It's a quirk, but I do. I just love the smell of that old paper. It's just nostalgia.
1: I do, too. I love it. I'm yeah. the same way. I mean, if they made a candle that was called Old Comic Pulp, I'd, I'd put them all over the house. you know. <laughs> and I, they probably do. I mean, those companies they make do it, they, If those, they don't, they will. Yeah. They, like the Magic Candle Company that does all the Disney candles. It's, it smells like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you know, things like that. It's like, well, why can't yeah. you do an old comic book smell? So. Uh, <laughs> so what what in I mean I, I think the question is kind of obvious but what specifically inspired you to write and design this book about uh, vintage Halloween?
2: Well, it's honestly something virtually every single one of us share. Like we all have childhood memories from Halloween. We all fondly remember those costumes, trying to breathe through those tiny little nose holes. You know, <laughs> the string would break three houses down. You know, you're all excited. You get your mask on, three houses in, your string breaks on your mask. You throw it away. Your mom made you wear the jacket over top of your cool costumes. You couldn't even see it. It's like, look at my shins. I'm Superman. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, everybody remembers that that sound. the shuffle. Remember the shuffling sound when the kids are all walking together with the smocks on going to... Yep. Like, everybody remembers it. So, yeah, there's, there's collectors of Ben Cooper costumes, but pretty much everyone can, should be able to connect with this book from their old childhood. The idea is hopefully somebody flips through and says... Hey, I dressed up as that, or, you know, I remember that costume, or, or even just a pop culture, you know, walkthrough. You can see like what was popular throughout the, throughout the eras.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really good, uh, that's something I really enjoyed in this where you focus on the Ben Cooper company in particular, uh, because you can actually track the trends that kids were into across decades through the lens of, you know, it, it, I mean, Ben Cooper loomed large in our, and, you know, for kids, it was like, I mean, they were the Halloween people to me anyway. I know there were other yeah. companies, but I, I honestly don't even remember there being anybody but Ben Cooper when I was a kid. Uh, so, you know, the, you know, just, and I, and through your book, I figure out that it seemed like it was like a pretty tight knit small group of people who actually worked on like all of these costumes. So it's, mm. it, it's really. It, I mean, I'm sure there were other people over the years, but like the, the core people like seem to remain the same. The actual Ben Cooper family and Frank Romano, as you point out. So it, it uh, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's a really neat just like timeline of, of like from this, especially specifically from the 50s, 60s up through, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, so that, that definitely hits a lot of, the listeners of our network, and you know, a lot of a lot of people that are engaged in uh, in pop culture and 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 uh, fandom, especially for uh, you know vintage and retro things now. So I think I think that's great. So besides the gorgeous photos, there's a lot of interesting history as you pointed out in this book. And I consider myself a pretty well rounded geek, but I learned some stuff I never knew, including the name and history of that unsung hero. Of, of Ben Cooper, Frank Romano. I had, I had never even heard the man's name before, which I think is a sin now. I had no idea the same guy. He designed, did he, he designed literally every costume Ben Cooper put out?
2: Pretty much, pretty much 30 years, 30 minutes. So, and, and as much, and that, your comment right there is exactly why I wanted to put that chapter in. Like, as much as this book is an homage to Ben Cooper Inc., I really want, it was important to me to shine a light on Frank Romano here. Like, all those old iconic masks and all the artwork on the sm- on the smocks, done by him. He was the art director for Ben Cooper for 30 years and did virtually all of them. All the old Star Wars ones, like all the iconic ones, the Spider-Man one, like everybody, not everybody, but all of us type of, you know, collector geeks. We all know who Ben Cooper is, but to your point nobody really knows who Frank is. So, and Frank, his legacy and his work has had such an impact on so many of us. It was important to me to make him kind of the star of this book.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely did it because I mean, it's, it was like, it was a revelation to me. And I mean, you know, I'm definitely one of these guys that, you know, I know my comic artists back and forth and I can identify, you know, I mean, I that's, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but that's, if there's one thing I can do, it's like, I'm well, I can tell you who drew that, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the fact that I had no idea who this guy was before this and he did like everything just, just blew. I mean, it literally did blow my mind that, that he yeah. was, you know, literally everything from the sixties up through the nineties, he, he had his hand on and, and, and hand design those smocks. I mean, that's just and the masks. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's just amazing. And you actually uh, have an art gallery in the back. And uh, and he is, uh, you know, you, you tell us in the book, he is actually on Etsy selling prints of his, his work. Yeah, the, so they, he's, yeah. he's in
2: his late 90s now. Uh, I was lucky enough to have an hour-long phone call with him for the book. Uh, him and his two sons, all, you know, real gentlemen. He was so humble. And kind, like great guy, and he's impacted so many of our childhoods. Like he was just, he was just appreciative of any kind of credit that anybody gives him or any kind of attention that his work gets. Just an honest to god super nice guy. And right up until COVID hit, he was doing shows and selling his artwork. He he paints every day, and still he paints every single day. And uh, I thought the least I could do for all the kindness him and his him and his family showed me as I as I made this book is least I could do is throw in a, you know, four or five pages to promote a store on Etsy. And the art registry, the artwork is just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, and uh, I, I, I mean, I'm just curious, how did you even learn about him? Did you see him at a show? Or did did you just hear that he was at a show or something like that? Or uh,
2: no, no, I uh, I was researching, obviously, for the book, and uh, saw the name pop up a few times. So I I wanted to learn a little bit more. And as soon as I thought, well, wow, that's the art guy. And this, this is a visual book. This is about his work. This is his portfolio, right? This is a tribute to him. Uh, so I looked into it, looked into it, saw his, his, uh, Etsy store and was wowed. And then I contacted through the Etsy store to try to get in contact with him and got in contact with his son. And yeah, it just escalated from there, but it was really nice to have the opportunity. it, it, it kind of validated the book a bit for me too, to, you know, it's, it's one thing to just write about it and do it, but to actually speak to the man himself kind of validated the book for me. This it's
1: this is real. That's the real thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. Good point. Yeah. So besides the nostalgia factor of, 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 of this art, that this artwork brings, just looking at it, that Frank's artwork brings uh, what's, you know, what is it about these, unique designs that really appeals to you.
2: I'd I'd say the bright colors and the image on the chest that just grabs you. Like, you know, those old costumes were, they never had that literal translation of the character on the chest. Like you didn't see, you saw Darth Vader's face on, on the chest. You didn't see the square box with the buttons like you do in the movie. And when I was chatting with Frank Romano, he said that idea was Ben Cooper's. The costumes were often hung up at retail on display and for him, he wanted an image that would just grab the attention of the parents and the kids. So the art on the smocks were intentionally kind of in your face rather than subtle or screen accurate. They wanted to grab you. They wanted a the little four-year-old to say, wow, Darth Vader, right? That, that's what they were going for.
1: Yeah. I, now, I will admit, when I was a kid, I was, I was that kid. I love the costumes. I love dressing up as the characters. But honestly, Batman having his name inside the bat <laughs> on his chest and the bat symbol on his forehead and th- that kind of stuff did drive me a little nuts and then spider-man had all that yellow and he had a furry tarantula on his chest and mm. you know superman had a, a red lone ranger mask at one point uh but but you know nowadays i look at that and that's why i love them because right. they are so they are so anti-style guide you know and and yeah. i mean i love i love like the deep the, you know the Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, DC style guide. But, you know, I, I kind of hate what, uh, yeah, you've caught on. That's a thing, right? Uh, yeah. the, 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 I love how they, you know, I, I love the artwork, but I kind of hate what it did to the individuality of the product yeah. because a Ben Cooper Batman product didn't look like anything AHI was doing or Mego or Remco or, you know, right. it, it was all, it was all very unique. And then you had guys like Frank Romano who were able uh, you know these unsung heroes, these unsung artists like him or whoever was designing the wax wrappers at Tops or or Donruss or whoever that yep. that could do their own thing and reinterpret that property, and you just don't get that nowadays. You miss no. that. You and, miss that element.
2: And an interesting note on the Superman mask, uh, masks with with a human face like Superman, just a human face, they didn't sell well. Mm. so it was dressed up for children and dressing up as a human just wasn't exciting enough for little kids so that was purposely done like that was not a not paying attention and you know what the hell they don't know like they purposely put a mask on superman a mask on the mask of superman but same with like aquaman and mr fantastic had masks as well like it was about being flashy and standing out it wasn't about being accurate right so like he he would come up to Frank and say yeah that looks like superman but it's 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 just a face so put a mask on him <laughs> honestly that that's what they did like it was they wanted it to be dress up and exciting and just a regular old face didn't do
1: it yeah uh, that's that's yeah i like that it's almost like uh It's almost like the characters are dressed up for like Mardi Gras or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) It's, it's kind of fun that way. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I realized when we were, I was prepping for this, I was like, I was supposed to take a picture of my old Batman play suit and send it to you. And I don't think I ever did, but Batman's well represented in the book. So it's okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, There is no shortage of Batman costume submissions
1: at all. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there is one costume many of us wore that is incredibly significant and the creation of one of fiction's most popular characters. Can you tell us about Ben Cooper's connection to Spider-Man's origins?
2: Probably the most infamous piece of Ben Cooper history right there is Spider-Man. So Ben Cooper sold a Halloween costume, which you'll see in this book, of a character named Spider-Man in the 1950s. He had a web suit, thick black eyes. Marvel created Spidey in the early 1960s. I think it was eight eight years later or something. And just, just to add to that, uh, Steve Ditko lived where Steve Ditko lived at the time versus where the Marvel offices were versus where Ben Cooper's costumes were also in New York. It is extremely possible, more likely than not, that Ditko would have walked right by that costume on his way to work. So... I'll I'll leave it at that, Chris. I don't want to do do too many spoilers for the book, but the readers can decide themselves whether or not there's a connection there. To me, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. But yeah, it's it's not as well known as you would think. But yeah, it's a it's a big deal. That's that's probably the biggest fun fact in Ben Cooper history. I'd say, a Spider Man.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so. And I have you know, there's been a few little whispers of that here. In just the last few years and a couple other places but this being a uh you know a, a a book about ben cooper i you know you putting it in this book i'm glad it's 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 definitely a part of the history of ben cooper and i think that's great uh because it it is it is an eye opening jaw dropping uh revelation <laughs> to, to to if if you don't know about it and i won't spoil it anymore but mm. definitely read the book and uh you will yeah yeah there there's a lot of there's a lot of um uh, back and forth about spider-man's origins between like what did kirby contribute versus what did ditko contribute mm. and and you know what's you know what the 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 archie character the fly that kirby had worked on and different things like that yeah so so you know it's it's uh it, it's another it's another weird little hmm to
2: uh <laughs> I, i've tried to include a few of those in there chris like there, i won't again i won't don't want to spoil too much but there's there's an interesting fact about the JFK costume that they had in there yeah and a really interesting backstory there's interesting backstory in Sesame
1: Street as well in there yeah yeah definitely yeah. 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 so yeah we won't want to spoil them we want people to read a book so uh, <laughs> so so which costumes did you uh, yourself wear as a kid Ben Cooper costumes
2: oh um Well, Darth Vader I remember very well because my mom agreed to cut up. I I complained about the cape. I said, well, that's a lame, you know, Darth needs a cape. And she cut up one of her nice black dresses that she owned so I could have this cool long black cape to go with it. Mm. Um, Sadly, we only have one picture of my childhood Halloweens. Uh, My oldest brother's Bugs Bunny, my other brother's Spider-Man, and I'm stuck wearing what appears to be a female rabbit. Uh, I, I'm like four years old, but that's the one image of me in this book is me dressed up as a little girl bunny. Uh, not, not the best, not the best year for me, <laughs> the, Oh, yeah. I certainly got the short end of the stick, you know, <laughs> sitting next to Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. I, I know that I wore a super, I, I, and some of these pictures might be <clears throat> at my dad's house that my mom took. I know I was uh Superman and Batman. I was Batman multiple times. I know I was Superman yeah. when I was real little. And I think I had the red Lone Ranger type mask with that one. Um and then um I was I was Scooby Doo in Captain America, uh, but I think my mom pretty much just kept the mask and made the you know, uh, the Scooby Doo she sewed me like a whole suit and yeah. I just put the put the mask over top of it and then um uh, with Captain America I think I took the mask but wore my uh Under shirt over a long sleeve white t-shirt <laughs> nice. and a pair of blue jeans and made a shield well, shield. I got
2: <laughs> a funny uh a funny Halloween memory. So I wanted to go as Frankenstein one year and my mom was the classic, you know, you got to wear a jacket, it's cold outside. So yeah. I had the green makeup on my face and I wore all green, right? And you have to wear a jacket. I mean, I'm a, I'm in Atlanta, Canada, so October's pretty cold. Well, oh, yeah. So You can wear a green jacket, right? So I'm wearing green pants, green jacket, green face. you got to wear a hat. Like, I'm not wearing a hat. It's Frankenstein. I'm not wearing a hat. We had this big argument as we're going out the door, and we settled on a green baseball hat. And because I'm a greedy little kid, I didn't bring a pillowcase. I brought a garbage bag. So everybody (laughs) thought I was a garbage man for Halloween because I had a green jacket, green pants, green baseball hat, and a garbage bag. And I'm like, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) same with really another real quick one. So my uh, my brother went as Jason Voorhees one year and he had the hockey mask. Yeah. And we landed at this old people's place and the old lady, Jason Voorhees. Right. So this little old lady comes out and says, oh, my God, I can you come inside? Can my husband is such a huge fan. Could you come in and let him see your costume? And we're thinking this old man is a big Jason Voorhees fan, right? Like she's probably ninety. Anyway, he thought he thought he was Jacques Plante, the hockey player, the goalie, (laughs) because he had the old school (laughs) mask with the little holes. And he's like, "Oh, I'm a big Jacques Plante fan."
1: (laughs) Oh my god! I I remember going up to. I was dressed as Scooby Doo. And, uh, I had that costume. My mom liked the full body, the, you know, the brown. She made it with the zipper. It had the patches, the, it had the black spots on it and the tail. And, and I had the Ben Cooper because, you know, my mom's like, I don't know how to build the face on that. So you are just going to get you the, the, the store bought mask. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I'm dressed as Scooby Doo and I, I remember going up the street to a neighbor's house and we kind of knew these people and the, the, the guy was like a, he was probably in the 60s then, maybe 50s, but he, he, he seemed older, you know, everybody seemed older back then. Oh, of course, yeah, when you are a kid. And, and, yeah, and he, he was, he was kind of a grumbly type guy, and he's like, uh, who are you supposed to be? And I'm like, I'm Scooby Doo, and he was just like, puzzled. And he had kids my age, this guy did. He had, yeah. I guess, he was probably he wasn't in his 60s because he had kids my age, but he was already maybe in his fifties. And I'm like, how do you not know who Scooby Doo is? This is 1982. Mm-hmm. Scooby Doo's been on for like, thir- I didn't know it then, but it's been on forever. It's been on for like thirteen. It's years.
2: 1969. Yeah. yeah,
1: and he did not know who Scooby Doo was. And I was just, I was just like, well, crap. You know, nobody else. You don't know who Scooby Doo is. You know. Yeah. But uh, you know, another thing, my mom, and actually, this picture made it into the book. I, I you know, I was like, hey, I'm in the book. Um, I, I went to see man. And, um, mm-hmm. so I took the, uh, um, my mom took the, the smock and she cut like, cut it off like around the fur shorts and, and around the, uh, the, the arms. And, uh, she took a pair of long johns and dyed them, uh, Caucasian flesh color. Nice. Uh, and, uh, so that's what I wore. And I think, I think I took, I don't know if it's in that picture, but I, I remember at one point I had the cuffs and the belt from the, uh, the HG toys play set that had the, the He-Man shield and the power sword yep. and I took the power sword with me. And I, so I was more, I tri- we always like, as I got older, we'd buy the Ben Cooper costumes in plus, yep. you know, so I, I'm fun. pulling
2: up the picture as you're, as you're saying it, just to check it out. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, that was my, my mom's like, I'm not going to make it. You can't, you can't run around in uh kentucky in october isn't nearly as cold uh as where you're at uh but but uh it's still pretty cool and she's like you're not wearing you know you're not wearing like shorts and and no shirt underneath <laughs> you know you gotta have clothes Nor could on. you pull that off when you're a kid either really no who, who? I, I wasn't ripped <laughs> uh, now nowadays i could no no i couldn't oh dance. yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> so did 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 you prefer the cloth place the play suits or or, did, or the vinyl the vinyl costumes? Because I I remember having both. So I, I...
2: definitely one hundred percent vinyl for me, Chris. I honestly didn't even know the cloth ones existed until I was an adult. Okay, I don't I don't even think I've ever seen the cloth ones in a store here in Canada. Like I, I don't even recall them. And okay. it wasn't until years later as a collector that I said, "Oh, cool! They had a cloth Superman costume, and Evil Can and Six Million Dollar Man."
1: gotcha yeah my Batman one was is I mean, I've still got it it was cloth and uh I, the mask is long gone but uh although I think the the mask mold was used I've got a I've got an Easter basket from about oh I don't know that's probably like 10 oh it's well, it's probably more like 14 15 years ago yeah. that, that I swear that's the Ben Cooper Batman uh mask oh but it's mold. modern
2: I have the same one it's hanging yeah. on my I'll, I'll yeah, do it's hanging over there but...
1: And they put the symbol, the bat symbol on the forehead on that one, too. So <laughs> the tradition continued.
2: <laughs> actually, my one doesn't. Mine's a modern one I got from Party City. And it's like just a, something you'd buy, like a bunch of them for the for a party. And okay. I bought it. And I actually had thought about printing off the Batman logo to stick to his forehead just to the tradition alive i just haven't got around to it
1: yeah I, I love it when they have those like i've got a the one the one batman i got i think i got it at party see it looks like the batman the brave and the bold yeah
2: yeah like, that's the, that's the one i have oh that's what you got okay yeah, yeah this, that's the one i got
1: yeah this 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 one here is um it, it's uh it actually looks like the actual i have to send a picture to you uh yeah yeah to show it, to you. it to looks like it. the ben cooper mask it might not be but it's very similar to it so yeah i love i love it when you see those retro I know Target, a few years back, when they had all the Universal Monster stuff, um, I got the Frankenstein mask they had that was uh, similar to something that Yeah, be- I was
2: at a Walmart last Halloween. And uh, maybe not last Halloween. Uh, Halloween before that, probably. But I was at a Walmart, and they had a Creature from the Black Lagoon mask for like seven bucks. Just a really cheap plastic mask. Yeah. And I, like, geeked out in the store. I'm like, oh, I gotta get this. I gotta get this. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. What I do at Halloween is... Uh, I have a collection of masks. I don't have any. The only smock I own is Spider Man, but the the masks I got a bunch of them. And what I do is I drape them over uh, picture frames. So you know, you go through your house. You got family pictures and picture frames all through your house. Yeah. At Halloween, when we decorate, every single picture frame in my house upstairs has a mask hung over the side of it.
1: Nice. Yeah. I love that. That's a great idea. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. I've got um. You know, actually, my wife has um a Wonder Woman uh costume in the box the box is a little beat up but it's got those great graphics of yeah. of uh, Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl on it and cool. uh, she collects Wonder Woman stuff and i i just i love the box artwork and and Ben Cooper switched up their boxes so much and, and you yes, show the boxes is. in in here and there's you know they they went through different names like Spooktown and and yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that it's, it's a, a lot of fun a lot of fun so we're talking about these old costumes i know this is this is you know, you hate to pick favorites, but I'm going to ask you to. What are some of your favorite costumes featured in the book, like top five?
2: Okay, so I'm going to tell you another interesting fact about the book. So okay, has to do with my favorites. So Richard Rich did a fantastic job drawing the cover on this, and he yes. does uh, pictures inside, too, for each chapter, but the cover is just amazing. Uh, he was nice enough to let me pick who's on the cover, like we worked together on the cover design, and Every single guy that you see on that wraparound cover is handpicked by me because of sentimental reasons. Like, as I mentioned, I went as Darth Vader as a kid. Uh, my brother went as Spider-Man and King Kong and Bugs Bunny. I'm a big Happy Days guy, so Fonzie's peeking around the corner there, and uh, so they're, you know, they're the ones that resonate with me as a as a nostalgic kind of kind of guy. So, top five, I would say Spidey's number one. Fonzie's probably number two. Six Million Dollar Man's number three. King Kong number four because <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about that real quick. And five is Creature from the Black Lagoon. But King Kong, uh, the really big, it was like an adult size mast. It was bigger than the other ones. The one we had with the open mouth. Yeah. Anyway, my oldest brother would he kept that after Halloween. So when we were kids, we tossed the old costumes out right after Halloween. You wouldn't save them. And uh, he saved that one. So what he would do is, if you're sleeping, he would sit by your bed with that mask on, and then kind of just tap you on the shoulder, and you'd wake up, and he would scare the bejesus Jesus out of you, like big freaking monkey staring in you in the face. But yeah, and that was a, that's that's what I think of when I see the King Kong. So that's that's one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't a Ben Cooper's type mask, but I had a cuz I've got a cousin that he loves to pull pranks on people and. I, he knew I was a little scaredy cat when I was a kid and I think he knew I was scared. I'm famously I famously freaked out. It's been on the many of the podcasts. I freaked out when I was about four years old watching Abner Costello meet Frankenstein when Lon Chaney Jr. changed into the Wolfman in the first like two minutes of the movie. I literally right. had a mental breakdown, started screaming. And and went running through the house. Did you say forty or four? Four, four. Yeah, yeah. No, not forty. I love the guy now. He's my favorite, actually. But and my grandfather was over to watch the movie with us. And my, you know, my grandfather was from the old school. What's wrong with that kid? You know that type of thing. Yeah. And and so you know, I was scared to death of werewolves. And so my cousin, I'm like around Halloween time one time. I'm like sitting at 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 uh, in my dad's chair in the living room, and and next to the window. And I'm reading a comic or something. And I hear a peck at the window and I figure, oh, it's my dad. He wants me to like, here, plug this in to the outlet because he's working on a car or something, you know? And so I just like, it's getting dark, but I wasn't paying any attention. And yep. so I like opened a curtain and it's literally my cousin with some werewolf mask. And he's like, ah, you know, up the, I literally flipped over the arm of the chair. I mean, that's, how, that's, how, I mean, I flipped over the arm into the floor. I was so scared. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, so I, I, I get it. It wasn't, unfortunately it wasn't a Ben Cooper. It was probably like a, and it probably wasn't a Don Post. It was a cheapo werewolf mask but uh but still you know it's it, yeah it's th- those things those are fun memories <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah the, the the artwork i wanted to point that out and that's something that i that i uh that i meant mi- to mention i love the cover i love the chapter breaks uh that the the chapter break cover or the chapter break art that you have uh it really does capture that feel I mean the costumes, I mean, it looks like little kids in the costumes he did he did a fantastic job, I love really, the, really did, yeah, I, I love the style and, I, and
2: another little note too, the uh one of the houses on the front of the cover is his own childhood house, oh cool, and the other house is Michael Myers' house, oh, <laughs> you look close, it's modeled after Michael Myers, so yeah that is I love like sharing little little cool stuff like because I love the the little Easter egg stuff, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I love the Bastille, uh, uh, or Bastle, how you pronounce it. The little, the the, oh, the, the old die cut stuff in the window. Yeah, yep, I, Oh yeah, he's
2: he like I I envisioned what I wanted, and he knocked it out of the park and totally did did a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. And you know that's one thing. Looking at this cover, I, as a kid, he, I realized the Spider Man mask, and it's probably because it was designed in you know 1962 or three or whenever when Spider Man was like a brand new character. Um, it is very much a Steve Dis- Ditko Spider-Man mask. His eyes yep. are very Ditko. And even as a kid, uh, you know, I was buying... Marvel Tales was reprinting the the Lee Ditko run issue by issue. And, yep. you know, it, it didn't take long for me to figure out, okay, I think I went as Spider-Man again. Uh, I went as Spider-Man when I was a little kid, but I think I went again sometime in the early 80s. And I, I remember thinking, okay, this is definitely... This Steve Ditko guy's Spider-Man, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Ca- he ca- they captured that. Uh, Frank Romano captured that, uh, really well. So. <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh, yeah. You also feature a gallery of photos, as you said, sent in by folks who actually wore these costumes as children. And like I said, I'm in there as He-Man. Are there any photos you were sent that really just blew your mind? Like a particular snapshot of history that just sticks out to you like, wow, this is, This is like, this is Halloween, like in this era.
2: Well, I I got a ton of submissions from folks who literally visited their parents' house, you know, for this, this thing, dug through the old photo albums and scanned them for me. Like, honestly, all of them I got were fantastic and loved them all. Too hard to pick a favorite. But I will say there was a gentleman, I believe his name was Kevin Atkins, who submitted a few, some of his is in the book. But he like had Six Million Dollar Man and Darth Vader. There's, there's an image in there that's like Darth Vader, Six Million Dollar Man, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. And they're all like together. And I'm like, as soon as that one came, I'm like, oh, man, I hope they're all as cool as this one. This is, <laughs> this is it. This is what I'm going for. Yeah. He has a few picks in the book. And another one I like, just, it's just cool. It's my buddy Scott Pierce submitted a picture of him when he's really small. I think it's like 1974. He's dressed as Batman. He's got his puppy next to him. And they're ready to go to the parade. And I I got like the backstory. Like some folks sent me the picture, and they they sent me the backstory with it. Like I'm out, uh, you know, with my aunt, my aunt Vera is taking me around trick or treating. And like I loved hearing the backstories with the pictures. But yeah, those are the those are the ones that kind of stood out.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, something I it just occurred to me when I was dressed as He-Man. My mom, my mom was always like a rude mother, and she showed up for the Halloween parties and the Christmas parties and everything. And and she was supposed to show up and uh she wasn't there yet. And I'm like, Where's my mom? Where's my mom? And I asked the teachers like, Have you seen my mom? And she they're like, No, I haven't seen her. Yeah. And and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and it was this this person dressed as a clown and I'm like, Who is this person? It was my mom. She totally Oh that's awesome. She totally dressed up in like I don't know where she got this costume, but yeah. it was a very elaborate clown costume to the point where i couldn't even recognize you didn't even know who
2: she was yeah Yeah, she would pull cool cool.
1: stuff like that yeah and that was that was that year i was dressed as he-man and and uh yeah i know it's sad that clowns are so oh clowns are so scary and frightening now but that's back that's back before everybody was like freaked out by clowns well
2: it it let's face it it and pennywise kind of ruined the whole clown thing forever yeah but the other cool thing about the photo album uh chapter that i like is even besides the costumes, it's looking at that ugly wallpaper in the background and the, the really cool vintage like die cut decorations, the cardboard decorations behind them on the wall, and like yep. seeing that stuff is is cool too.
1: The Halloween buckets, I think there's one. I can't tell if this there's one picture in here. I don't know if the kids like holding a it's a bucket or it's a like a lighted blow mold, but it 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 looks like it could be either one. And a lot of times yep. they made those. They they were literally the same company was making those. So yeah, uh, it it and I I'm a sucker for lighted blow mold so uh yeah I, I and in the in the uh the bucket so yeah that's i love it i love all the just like you said not not just the costumes but just the 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 time travel trip that the <laughs> that the yeah yeah the old on.
2: bags the old treat bags like the white the white plastic uh halloween trick-or-treat bags that they had back then were pretty cool
1: yeah that's is that they're very yeah. sweet yeah uh, so was there, you know, what, what's the weirdest costume you ran across either in photos people sent in or just, yep. you know, looking up, uh, looking through the archives of Ben Cooper online it, and things like that?
2: Easily for me was Tattoo from Fantasy Island. Easily. <laughs> like, really? Anyway, that had to be in the book. That had to be a full page. Uh, or maybe Merman. Like you were, you got to be He-Man, but imagine being that kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mom, can I be Merman this year for Halloween? Like, really? You're going as he man? Like that gotta be that gotta be the kid that got beat up in the schoolyard, like Merman. Like
1: <laughs> And did the kid like keep a glass of water around so he could like like drink it but and there, talk to it? There's some
2: really like <laughs> obscure like clattoo from Return of the Jedi and Star Wars got a costume. Like I'm sure the only kids that dressed up as him were the kids whose whose mom and dad would wait until October thirtieth to buy their costume. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Halloween tomorrow. Let's go see what's left. Yeah. Everything's gone, and there's Klaatu or Merman sitting there marked down to fifty cents. Well, well, I guess that's what you're going as. Like nobody's nobody's proactively
1: planning addresses that. Right. Yeah. That's like oh, you like this. You like the Star Wars. Yeah. No, it, it, I don't. I don't <laughs>
2: want. Yeah, I don't want He Man. No, thank you. No, no, Skeletor Beastman.
1: No, I want Merman.
2: <laughs> has to be Merman.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that. Some. I mean, it, it did kind of surprise me that some of these. Uh, some of these lines, like they, the toy, the, the toy line costumes went that deep. I mean, I honestly didn't, I don't remember seeing Man at Arms. Uh, as a kid, oh, no, neither,
2: neither do I. That was that was cool to come across.
1: Yeah, and it's like that. You know, he's even got the mustache from the filmation cartoon, which you know yep. didn't didn't make it onto anything until that's right recent times, and now they give it to him. It's like you know, Mattel, you couldn't have reissued that figure with a mustache at some point in the mm. in the, in the five years that He Man was hot. You know, you, you a lot know. of a
2: lot of marker on those old figures. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I'll ask. I the obscure
2: properties like Beretta got a costume that old show (laughs) yeah (laughs) like chuck barris from the gong show like again yeah ask yourself but just a a tidbit of information like cooper had to design these costumes long long before halloween hit so there was a lot of crystal ball what's going to be popular well in advance like and and some of the like star Wars. like you talk about the blue yoda like he's blue Mm. the first one they did well the reason is Star Wars wasn't even out yet when they were making these costumes. They didn't even – Frank didn't even see the movie. They, he was handed a folder with pictures and says, here's the guys you're making. And he made those amazing costumes from just black – some of them are black and white pictures. And he wasn't allowed to watch the movie because Star Wars was you know highly confidential. So he had a couple of black and white photos. So that's why you have like Boba Fett with the silver helmet and those, those inaccuracies is because they're making it so far in advance. So who knows? Maybe maybe somebody at Ben Cooper said Beretta's going to be big this year. <laughs> Kids yeah. are going to be jumping on the Beretta costume. Let's make a thousand of them.
1: We can make a. Can we make a bird to go with him? You know this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I. You know maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe John Favreau, you know, was a kid in the '70s and he had that Boba Fett costume. He's like oh, this silver helmet's really cool. And oh yeah,
2: Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a secret nod to Ben Cooper that we don't know about. Maybe it could it could be.
1: <laughs> hey man, they're doing they're do, actually doing real tributes to the to the holiday special nowadays, you know. So I mean, it's anything's yeah. possible at this point. That's right. Uh, <laughs> are, are there any particular costumes that uh, you know the genius of Frank Romano and Ben Cooper? Aside, are there any? Particular costumes that you're just not quite fond of, maybe a character you like who you felt like ah, eh, they didn't quite you know represent that well, even even by the loose standards of what we talked about, they're not doing accurate, but just one that's like ah yeah. Eh, yeah. yeah.
2: There there is one that comes to mind. Uh, I'm a huge Lone Ranger fan. The mask, the costume to me never really captured Clayton Moore at all. Uh, yeah, something about it I just don't like. It just doesn't have that same kind of cool charm as the other costumes not crazy about that one but honestly chris not really i i love them all like i i love the like you said i love the inaccuracies i love the blue yoda the ackle wearing the mask like that's part of the charm of the style it's the same as amigo toys that we love right like they're not the original when i was a kid i didn't care that ackle man had spock ears like what? i didn't care <laughs> i didn't even notice yeah. but i'll tell you if, if mego came up with one today with spock ears There'd be a bunch of 50 year old men crucifying them on, on social media, right? It's, it's yeah. part of the term. It's just, it's, it's fun. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's,
2: or we took it too serious, right?
1: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Most, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, one thing that jumped out of me, you talked about the lone rangers. I noticed in the book, it's like that image of the Tonto on the smock. I'm like, Oh, I think they uh, redrew the painting from the the Gabriel um, Lone Ranger Tano box. I think that's the same post. And and
2: you'll see that on the Lone Ranger as well. It's it's Gabriel artwork. Like they mirrored the the toy line. That's they did that with Evil Knievel too. Right. Yeah, it's the artwork on the Evil Knievel, that that's you're dressing up as the Evil Knievel figure more than you're dressing up as the actual guy. Like that's you're
1: probably better off, honestly. <laughs> well, that's probably what you were going for, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just, you know, you had bendy arms and a swagger I stick. wonder
2: I wonder how many kids hurt themselves dressed up like that and then trying to jump stuff outside.
1: Oh yeah. I, I tell you one thing I found uh just uh, this is the I'm digressing, but I saw something the other day that I would have loved to have had that costume and I had an evil knievel like pedal chopper like uh when I was a kid. A neighbor of mine Like, he repaired bicycles, and I don't know if somebody traded him this or what. He just gave it to me. And I love that thing. And a friend of mine, like, ran it down a hill and, like, destroyed it. Uh, but, But we were on a yard sale trek a couple of weeks ago and I actually found one but it was beat to hell and this woman wanted two hundred dollars for it and I'm like Oh my gosh, there's no way lady that thing's yeah. that was, you know I mean mint. it might be worth two hundred dollars but it was cracked yeah. and I mean there was barely anything evil can evil left on it. So but <laughs> if I had that costume and and that uh that you know yeah. all that together that that would have been great. Yeah. That would've been great. Bring it back to the positive side, any grail costumes you'd like to to own i know you say you've got them in the book now so maybe you don't need to own them but is there anything you just love to have in your collection
2: well i recently picked up a spider man smock from 1976 threw it in a frame and my intention was to just hang it up on halloween as soon as i hung it on the wall i'm like that's staying there that (laughs) is cool and it looks really cool in the frame and uh so anyway i would love to get the vintage mask to go with it. it would be nice Uh, I have one of those cheap party city ones, modern ones, that I'll probably use as a stand-in, but someday I'd like to get the real mask. Yeah. But if if I own a costume, I'd I'd say just because of my interests would be
1: Fonzie or Steve Austin. Those are the two I'd like to have. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was I was a huge Fonzie guy as a kid, too. I even – apparently – I don't know what ever happened to it, but I actually even had a leather jacket when I was a little kid, and I would be – Oh, old we, old. yeah.
2: We always wore leather jackets. Like, that's all we ever wore as kids, the fun, And we'd always leave it half-sipped down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And honestly, Chris, to this day, if I take a picture with my brothers or my dad to this day, I'd say over 50% of them, we got the thumb up. <laughs> like, it's just – That or we're doing the fist because we're all boxing fans too. So we either do the fist or the thumb up for Fonzie.
1: Nice, that's nice. Yeah, Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Apparently, I was one of those kids that you know that that like you know, uh, my parents would have me like go around and go hey, to people. You know, it's like I was probably like obnoxious. You know, really. Yeah,
2: you would have fit right into my house, Chris.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, would you consider doing a sequel focusing on the other costume manufacturers like Collegeville, Halco, yeah. any of those guys?
2: Well, earlier this week, I dropped a, a book off locally to a childhood friend of mine. And the first question Malcolm asked me, he said, so what's your next book going to be about? <laughs> so um, I have a few ideas and a Collegeville book is definitely on that list. Other ones have nothing to do with Halloween or X Rappers, just other ideas I have. But obviously a Collegeville book would be 100 percent dependent on how well this one does. Right. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I know. I know. There's uh, there are some pictures of a few. I think the bat and the spider were Collegeville. Right. Am I correct? Is that I believe so? Yeah. yeah, But
2: honestly, they're just so cool. You have to. Yeah, I had to include them in the photo album.
1: Oh sure, yeah. And I, yeah. I and I know our, our, our friend Brian Heiler of of, of Plaid Stallions and, and Toy yeah. Ventures, he he famously went as those instead of Spider Man and, and Batman back in the day.
2: <laughs> well that was the other thing. I couldn't I couldn't not, you know, put it in there just to highlight the fact that it was the you know man's version of Batman just to tease him a little bit
1: Yeah, and Brian writes the forward to this book so yes he
2: does so that's, that's yeah, perfect. Brian's
1: been Brian's been great and
2: actually his fourth issue of Toy Ventures magazine is coming out it's up for pre-order now and uh, little cover reveal on the first
1: page of that magazine nice nice yeah that's that's uh, a perfect marriage because yeah I love this book and I love toy ventures so I'm glad I'm glad to see all you guys uh, working together it's that's great. Uh, anything else you want to share about an old school Halloween that we didn't cover?
2: Well, this one has so many contributions compared to my first book. The first book was kind of, I just did it all myself. This one is, you know, the, from the amazing artwork of Richard rich that I mentioned to the forward by our friend, Brian to interview with Frank Romano submissions of people with their own personal collections, be it their own, you know, old Polaroids or a lot of them are, you know, submissions from their own collections of costumes, full page of acknowledgments in this book at the back. And, uh, it's just I'm thankful for the support I've received with with this book.
1: Great, that's great yeah I, I I was happy to contribute a little tiny thing, but I'm glad to see everybody. so many people come out and contributed to this book and and you did a a wonderful job. again, just a wonderfully designed book. It's just a beautiful book to look at it It really does it really does transport you back to that time. I mean, you can just, I I don't know. I just, when I look at this book, I can just feel like I'm shuffling down the street and amongst all these Mm. kids dressed in vinyl,
2: (laughs) you know? (laughs) I appreciate that checks in the mail. I appreciate that. (laughs) But then, I mean, that's exactly what I was going for was that, that time travel kind of trip back and to spark those memories. Like we were talking about, like, you know, you're, somebody scared you with a werewolf mask. Like those, I want people to look through and have those memories pop back in their mind when they flip through the book.
1: Great. Yeah, I think yeah. they I think you definitely will succeed. I, I can't uh, I can't imagine anybody that lived back then won't look at this book and and just instantly be transported back to at least one Halloween. They remember. So yeah. awesome. uh, uh, now one thing, uh, another thing I know that uh, that you are involved in and other folks might not know this is you are involved in designing a lot of the packaging for the revived Mego Corporation. The, so the, the the packaging that the figures come on. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, sure. Sure thing. So first of all, I have literally collected Mego from birth. Like I have have two older brothers who grew up right in the prime of Mego. So I've never, ever known life without Mego. Like I probably had an AJ in my crib, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, When I was growing up, that was my favorite toy in the world was an AJ. Uh, When I came back, when, when Mego came back, I was just as excited as everybody else. And I one of the little projects I gave myself is I designed an old school comic book ad to promote their return. And it was like, you know, remember the old Mego you know, comic book ads they had? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I designed one of those using their new figures and the return of Mego, and I, I shared the heck out of it all over social media. Yeah. And the ad actually got the attention of Marty Abrams, uh, which led to a call with, with Mego. Uh, one day they asked me to design the card for Stan Lee. And I'm thinking, Stan freaking Lee, like I want a time machine to go back and talk to my 12-year-old self <laughs> and say, hey, when you grow up, you're gonna do a Stanley. We called them. We didn't call them Migos. We called them Little Men. Okay. We still do when I talked to my brothers. We called. And the reason the reason was the eight inch guys, twelve inch guys. So they were the eight inch guys were little men. The twelve inch guys were big men. So okay. you know, we, so we would differentiate. You know, little Superman, big Superman. Little Hulk, big Hulk. So, anyway, so I'd love to go back and tell my twelve year old self. I'm gonna design a card for a little man Stanley, but. <laughs> One of my most prized possessions in my collection today is I have a signed Stan Lee figure, signed by Marty Abrams, Joel, and Paul, all from Mego. And it's it's real cool to have that. That's but, great. Uh, but yeah. the date, I think I've done somewhere around, I don't know, 16 or so. I'm not quite sure. I never really counted them up. But Creature from the Black Lagoon, Willy Wonka, which is might be my favorite one I've done. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Phantom of the Opera Red Death, which was a nod. I don't know if you know this, but that one was a nod to the old Lincoln card style. Yep. yep. Which Brian picked up on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Ultraman has a has a couple of little nods to the old poppy card art that I included. Like the, the octagon shape with his head is kind of yep. taken right from the old style. Hammer Dracula, a few others. Uh, oh, just yeah. recently finished two others I'm not allowed to talk about, but those are cool too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love the, I, 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 each one of them you've done, I've been a real fan of, but that, that Hammer Dracula one, I'm real, that's, that one is super sweet. I really love that one. Uh, and of course the that- The
2: back of that card, that might be my favorite back of the card, with that, that image is just so cool. Yeah, wasn't
1: that. that like the, the poster from Taste the Blood of Dracula that yes, you incorporated? Yes. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That just, that, that, uh, that's, yeah, that is perfect. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, the fanta- it's a fantastic figure, and then the packaging was, was just wonderful and uh yeah i i love what you're doing and i love what i love what all the, the the migo what migo's doing now is just uh it's it's just it's mind-boggling that we're getting migo it's mind-boggling that migo's back and that we're getting the figures we're getting you know i mean I, and you know and i, I want I them
2: to stop i want them to cool it a little bit though because they're like <laughs> i can't honestly, afford it <laughs> like this last wave i'm sure like frank wojo is going to have his mortgage paid off once he's <laughs> once he gets my next order like me too. These 14 inch guys—they're coming out with like a. How can you not get a 14 inch creature from the Black Lagoon? Like, how can you not? It's and they're coming out with the 8 inch guys knocking it out of the park and the 14 inch guys. It's like, I wasn't even gonna collect the 14 inch guys, and now it's like, how can I not? Like, they have a gorn. Yeah. 14 inch gorn. Like,
1: how do you not buy that? I know. So, it's it's like yeah. I, I'm like. Uh, it's like so many. It's like you know. There's been other waves where I've been like, I mean, I honestly could buy all of them. I mean, I I would have, I have interest in all of them, but there's, there's, there's a part of me that's like, well, I don't need to buy them. You have to
2: draw the line. Yeah. Because we have kids to feed and, but but
1: this last wave, I'm just like, Oh my God. I actually need all of these.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that was me. Exactly. That was me. It was like, they're coming out with new planet of the apes. Like it's, this is, they, they started great but it's like they hit their stride and every wave's getting better. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. Every wave is like, man, now they got a brand new, you know, General Ursus and a, a Klingon that's screen accurate, right? And it's yeah. I, all
1: this stuff that we would have killed for as seven-year-old kids. I, I think one thing I really like about the Mego, too, and I know we're really off the subject now, but since you're involved, I guess it all works. But uh, it, it, they've kept <laughs> – they have updated the, the style – uh, you know, it, there's a little bit of a modern aesthetic applied to it but it's still yeah, very they're getting much, that much yeah they they they're really balanced really well like yep. you know a I, straight
2: I, a straight translation of what mego produced in the 70s might not sell as great today right but they keep it they keep it right it's it's right. they're literally giving us what we what we dreamt of as kids like right don't no, get me wrong my my klingon is Probably top five, like, of, of, of Migos of all time. Yeah, it's sure. And uh, But I'm so excited to see that Kang. Yeah. And, and it's so cool, too, because interesting story on that. Uh, costume for Kang is designed by Rachel Baker, mm-hmm. who and the head is, uh, I think it's James Brady. Yeah. And I have a James Brady head sculpt, the same one they used for this one. And I have a Rachel Baker Klingon outfit that she designed for me for a custom that I did a couple of years ago. So it looks like my custom King is <laughs> in factory produced. That's and I'm awesome, like, man. That's cool. I can't wait to put them side by side.
1: <laughs> that's great. I mean, it, it's so great that Mego has roped in so many people of the in the Migo community to to work on these. I mean, it's like it, just about everybody that's working on. On the, uh, on these figures is, is a fan that's been involved in the Mego community over the years. It's been on the Mego Museum, it's been yeah. the Mego Meet. Uh, so that, that's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful reward to all the people who kept the torch lit. Uh, um, yeah. you know, so yeah. it, it's, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I love it.
2: Uh, I, I still, I still haven't quite gotten over walking into a Toys R Us and picking up like a Picard La Borg and flipping it over and seeing my name. <laughs> Hanging in a Toys R Us with Amigo logo. It's like I'm, I still haven't kind of wrapped my head around that. It's
1: no, yeah, I, I imagine that's like A childhood dream
2: come true, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's like coming full circle. That's that's Yeah, that's got to be wonderful. And the fact that you can walk into a Toys R Us for us is, you know, here in the United States, it's, that's pretty yeah. wonderful too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, So now, jumping back to the books, now we've whetted uh, our listeners' appetites. Where can our listeners find these books? How can they order them?
2: Okay, so the website to order the books is jyoung11.wixsite, which is W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash Old Times Digest. Now that's a bit of a mouthful, so the, the easiest place to keep up to date and find the order link. Just go to my facebook group uh old times blue ribbon digest so and and chris while I'm, just while i'm on the topic i just wanted to thank you again for having me on the show help me spread the word it's hooked on your podcasts. really enjoyed listening you know listening to the ones this last couple of weeks but definitely have the same interests which is pretty cool but yeah. uh, really appreciate you taking me on the show
1: Oh, no problem. And I will definitely put a link. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can go directly to the uh, fireandwaterpodcast.com and find that link so you can go straight there and order or you can definitely join the Facebook group. It's a fun group. Uh, and, uh, Jason's always putting, uh, fun posts out there and he also posts a lot on, on Pod Stallions and, and Migo Ambassador and, and, and the different Facebook groups. A lot of great groups out there, uh, that, uh, connected, uh, that I'm involved in, that Jason's involved in. A lot of fun. Uh, really positive groups, uh, not a lot of, uh, in a really well moderated, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. not Probably a lot free, of, yeah. not a lot of, uh, angry, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, so many awful, so many awful Facebook groups out there where there's just, uh, people getting skewered on a hourly basis, but not these groups. So they're, they're yeah. fun, safe places to hang out and talk about this stuff. If you're into these. These uh, the things we're talking about. And of course you are. You wouldn't still be listening. So. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. Jason, I want to thank you for stopping by. I really enjoyed discussing these books. I'm a huge fan of them. I I am very excited to know you're thinking about working on another book. Uh, I can't wait to hear what that is. And uh, I you know, I, I I've i just really enjoyed chatting with you. Even if we weren't recording this, I have enjoyed our conversation <laughs> Uh, me and, too. Me and, too. and, and I hope we can do this again now that you've got the, now that you've been bitten by the podcasting bug. There you I, go. Yeah. I, 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 as, as industrious as I know you are with doing these books and I, and I, and it, you shared with me that you actually made CDs of the power record albums <laughs> with the, with the actual artwork on the CD yeah. of the vinyl record with the label. It wouldn't surprise me. I'll give you like a year or two and you'll be doing your own podcast.
2: <laughs> oh boy Oh boy! i don't know with my technical prowess i don't know that might be a that might be a big ass <laughs> very kind of you to say chris appreciate it would love to come back in your show talk power records or migos or whatever but uh yeah most been definitely a blast.
1: most definitely we'll, blast. De- we'll definitely have to do this again so uh thanks to everyone for listening and we will see you here again on fw presents take care bye
0: Buddy's heading for woolworth and woolco to get set for halloween there's costumes of TV favorites like Wonder Woman and the Hulk. There's popular characters from Star Wars and there's superheroes like Spider-Man, Batman, Superman and many more at bare bones prices, 238 to 417. And there's spook sticks, face pops, Halloween's wrapped candy of every kind, all at the favorite Halloween haunts. Woolworth we'll and Woolco. We'll